Welcome to On, on, on the Line, a podcast by The Fisherman, where men talk about the ups and downs of just what it means to be a Christian man in today's crazy world. So, get ready to cast your nets out into the virtual deep. Here's your host, Matt Hicks. Anything from this point on? Could nope, be on we're the done. Internet thanks. This afternoon. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yes. Thanks okay. for thanks for joining us. No, uh, today we're talking with Jeff Blackwell. Is the, that the way you want to start it? The, yeah. Why not? Let's just jump on in. Okay. So we'll we'll have your beautiful voice, <laughs> and then we'll just cut to us talking. How about that? So. Um, <laughs> that's kind of how Matt Frad does his podcast. If you okay. ever listen to his stuff, he just, there's no intro. He just jumps in and you're like, where, what do yeah. we, what, where did we pick up this conversation that he just, oh, okay. anyway. And if you don't mind, I'm, I'm, I'm real good about changing lanes without using my signal. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, that's you right. Know, if, uh, I've got a bit of an ADD brain, so okay. I'll jump from one topic to the next. Well, that's fine. And, and, um, I, I hate that it's, uh, you know, those that are, so formal and mm-hmm. and uh, educational FM sounding. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's let's have a good time and yeah. Point so to Jesus. D- that's that's what we're do- that's our goal. That's okay. what we're doing here. I like how there's a crucifix here. There there's many symbols of the faith in this beautiful yeah. studio. Yeah. Yeah. I remember y'all's old studio um, back when what was that 2010 when I came back to Baton Rouge mm-hmm. after I left the Olympic Training Center. I came down with uh and then i i came and visited mike norwood and remember him yes and uh he was going to show me how to operate the board and the old huge board that you guys used to have yeah um before all the computer stuff and then i moved away but um wow yeah so it it was a it was a house it was an old house it was at one point a house i believe the studio the uh the first uh, studio first studio it was uh, an old office okay. build. i mean um uh, and it was a small i yeah. think it was like 800 it was, it was tiny feet. yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, but yeah, Mike and my daughter actually worked together at Clear Channel Communications. Ah. He in sales, and she worked in production. Okay, so. well, so yeah, like I said, Jeff Blackwell, the backbone, the heart and soul of Catholic community community radio here. I think uh, we're broadcasting uh, from. Not, so all of my podcast stuff is in a Dewalt. Uh, travel toolbox. Come on. So that it's in my car. So you know that <laughs> when I interviewed Father Chris here a couple of years ago, yeah. um, I, I just set up the mics and my little you know mixer on the table and my laptop, and there you go. Well, you do it so, well. Well, you know, I, I learn from y'all. So every little bit I can pick up. But this studio is great. It's beautiful. Um, it's a great testament to the faith. It is. Um, and uh, so you walk in here and you're like. Hmm. And it is, a, it is a work of faith because mm-hmm. uh, you're surrounded in the what we call our, our TV studio uh, with these smaller cameras. Th- those cameras were headed for the garbage dump. And uh, a guy said, hey, can y'all use these cameras? Yeah, so some of those cameras yeah. are pretty old, yeah. but they still produce they a work. picture. Yeah, so we're, we're grateful. It is a work of faith. Well, Jeff, uh, it's a pleasure to talk with you. We we talked for almost an hour and a half <laughs> before this talk. In our pre-show talk, interview. In our yeah. pre-show interview. <laughs> and I think we probably could have just talked for, for hours. Um, no doubt. So when I first started listening to you guys mm-hmm. um, years ago and listening to you, um, you know, you bring your piece to one of the pieces that many pieces you bring to this station, I think is just 
a, just the, obviously this beautiful. What did I tell you earlier? You had the voice of like chocolate covered thunder. Oh come on! Yeah, I don't know how else to describe it. But you've got that I'm radio. I'm gonna copyright that. This uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've got a radio face. You know, they, oh, <laughs> nobody wants I'm to the see. Originator. But but, uh, but you, you bring this. Thank you. Just this. Hey, I'm listening to something that's I want to continue to listen to. I don't know. What are you? Well, you could probably read it phone book in Chinese, and I'm still going to want to listen <laughs> to on. it. Um, no, it's, to me, it's all about sharing the joy of our Catholic faith. Uh, and it, it took me a while to figure that out, a few, mm-hmm. quite a few years. Yeah, so you worked in secular radio for mm-hmm. a, a good bit of time. Yeah, I uh, started off at a, a I don't know if you remember the, the, the Mary Tyler Moore show. I love and, it. And, and Ted Knight was oh, yeah. a, a, a character. And uh, he always said, well, I always started. It was a 1,000-watt uh, radio station back on the coast. Uh, and, and it was pretty much the same for me. It was a little daytimer radio station in central Louisiana. And, and then I wound up uh, getting hired at a, a, a major country FM station in Baton Rouge. But I've uh, I've spun a few of those uh, classic uh Okay. Rock and roll hits and um, a variety of things. But I had a guy tell me early on uh, as, as I was growing up Baptist at a church, and I told him my desire to get into radio because he had been in radio and was very successful. Uh, he said, listen, just remember this. Your voice is a gift from God, mm. and don't do anything that would displease him. Mm. So I've, I've really kind of followed that. I. Uh, I, I worked at a station one time where there was a woman the, that would, uh, the voice talent, she was on the air. She would do an abortion clinic ad, but she mm-hmm. wouldn't do anything for a gun shop. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a guy who would do the, uh, you know, he would, you know, he would, would uh, not, he would do nightclubs, but he wouldn't do anything for a roller rink. It was just weird. So uh, <laughs> I just tried to keep my focus like, okay, family friendly. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, keep it real. Which isn't, I would imagine, always easy to do, especially in today's world. I mean, yeah. obviously with Catholic Community Radio, you have a, a different set. But in the secular world, um, there's so much garbage out there. Uh, people, I could imagine, that would want to poach your talent for, uh, you can think of the awful things that people advertise for now uh, that we just don't want to we want to steer our minds our hearts away from that kind of exactly and uh, again the the business of broadcasting has really changed a lot uh in the last uh, 10 15 years uh, i have friends that still work in secular radio and have uh work for a big uh chain of, of stations and um, there are things that they're required to do that go against their grain mm-hmm. as far as, you know, morally and spiritually. Uh, but they do them because they want to keep their job. Well, thanks be to God, we have you here. And, you know, part of our conversation leading up to this was um, you were gone for, for a bit of time. Yes, sir. Uh, I had no idea what happened to you. So I was in Tyler, (laughs) Texas with my wife and, and, uh, I, I, all I, all I knew was I listened to Catholic community radio on y'all's app and, uh, I would, I would stream it in my car or at the house Mm -hmm. when I was doing projects or whatever. And so that's how I listened to y'all. Cause I wanted to kind of keep this, a, listen to this stuff about the faith and then B, try to kind of 
keep uh, my wife and I we're, we're Baton Rouge people all right yeah. you know wherever we are in the world we're this is home and so listening gotcha. to Catholic community radio was kind of like being at home for a little bit so it was very comforting yeah and in the early days of uh, streaming uh, we were you know just going to I think YouTube or Facebook initially and it was really just two cameras and it was very very basic stuff uh but uh it's it, it's just how interesting when you kind of uh, and and since the name of the podcast is the fisherman that's we're it. gonna we had to kind of bait the hook that's right uh, with <laughs> a little bit uh, a little bit of uh, the sound effects cue the <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know uh, that's how the the streaming started and it grew from there we literally had one little uh webcam it took a wide shot of the studio, and there was very. It wasn't. It was just overhead fluorescent lights. You nothing special, but and then uh, you dialed into the internet where it was like, <laughs> you have mail. Right. People, kids these days, they don't remember that. <laughs> no, kind of they stuff. don't know the old AOL yeah. stuff. But uh, yeah, and um, and so you were gone, and yeah. I was. I thought to myself, where, where was what happened to that guy who had a really good voice. Uh, oh, on, on the on the wake up show in the morning, I would listen to y'all, and where where did he go? And, yeah. and then you know, years later, come to find out, you know. But but I wanted to touch on on that okay. um, your your whole journey and what how how your faith played a role in that journey because yeah. you almost died sure. um, yeah. a few times, and you know, here you are. Yes, praise God. <laughs> so, folks, um, he didn't die. Spoiler alert: he's here. <laughs> Uh, it, and really the way it uh, started out, uh, 2020, I had such hope for that year because I thought 2020, perfect vision, you know, mm-hmm. and, and think this, well, you know, if you believe in the numbers stuff. But um, as we all know, uh, March of 2020, things took a drastic mm-hmm. turn with the uh, the COVID pandemic and everything that followed. Um, and and this is the ironic thing about it because, you know, people who end up in the hospital, it was generally COVID related. Mine was not. Um, and, uh, it was in, did late- you know that at the time? Did you know that now it's in COVID? Or did oh you- yeah. Yeah. Because of the symptoms, okay. uh, it was, uh, it was a, a quick onset of severe, um, uh, a, a nausea yeah. and, uh, and just, nonstop throwing up. I, I, it was, it was so bizarre. And I, and, and I called my doctor and he thought, well, maybe it could be food poisoning, kind of let it run its course. And, uh, after six or seven days, it didn't. And that's when I, uh, I mean, just, I, I couldn't even sleep at night. I couldn't lay down. Uh, and I was just pacing and constantly back and forth to the bathroom because I, 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 I was I was miserable, so uh, it uh, it wound up being um, uh, the long resort. Uh, or, excuse me, the long result was that it was a pinched intestine. It was herniated, uh, which was causing all these symptoms. However, when uh, I got to the hospital, uh, they admitted me to the ICU. They got me stabilized. I I had lost my my. Saline numbers were very, very low. Um, and, and I listen, I'm overweight. I am morbidly obese, but I had never had heart troubles in my life. In fact, I, my doctor did an annual physical at the end of 2019 and said, I don't say this very often, but you're in remarkable shape mm-hmm. for being as overweight as you are. Uh, all your numbers came back perfect. So, um, 
that's how I started 2020. But midway through, I had this event with uh, my uh, small intestine. Uh, while I was uh, getting a CT scan, I, I started uh, I basically, the only thing that I had in my system was stomach bile, and that's what came up. And uh, I aspirated the bile, and when it hit my lungs, it uh, ulcerated my lungs. I wound up getting a real bad case of pneumonia. Of course, while I'm on the table, I passed out. My heart went into AFib. My kidney started showing, uh, shutting down. Uh, my liver numbers crashed. It was like this, this is a walking dead man. Uh, but it was through that that um, I uh, wound up uh, going um, uh, into ICU for a, a month. I was unconscious for a month. I was uh, actually uh, on life support twice. They called the family together to say, say your goodbyes because uh, we can do nothing else. And um, my daughter told me after the fact, uh, months after I got out of the hospital, because uh, I, I asked her, I said, How did, what were y'all going through? What, uh, yeah. You, uh, and she said, Dad, I asked the, the doctor point blank, um, what's the best outcome we can expect for my dad? Right. What, is, what, what, what can we look forward to? You know? And the doctor looked at her eye to eye and said, he's, he's going to be a vegetable the rest of his life. Wow. Surprise! Yeah, uh, wow. because, but you know, my wife, through her faith, never gave up. She went to the chapel at the hospital every day. She was, a, uh, she still is a praying woman, and uh, she uh, w- was there by my side every so, day. So, Diane, uh, Diane, let's yeah. talk about Diane for a second. Let's okay. let's take a little detour in our journey, and we sure. didn't talk about your wife much uh, in our pre-show talk, but mm-hmm. so. Ray, born and raised Catholic. Yep. All right. So it sounds to me like when your wife uh, goes on to her glory, it sounds like she's going straight to heaven. I don't know her. Oh, yeah. I don't, <laughs> but it sounds like she's the type that's just like, you know, pass, pass, go there. There you are. Yeah. Um, just, it, it sounds like she was your support system, Absolutely. Uh, which is what one would hope for in a spouse. Oh, sure. And, and you know, uh, taking the vows absolutely seriously. Um, uh, qu- quick story. We met on a blind date um, because uh, a friend of mine and his wife, I had introduced them on a blind date. They wound up getting married. So they returned the favor. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I had gone to a radio, an interview at a radio station in a different city that that morning and was thinking about literally, I was seriously considering moving and starting to working for a different station. Um, but I met her that night and, and it was just like, we hit it off instantly. Mm. Um, so we, we couldn't get enough of each other. We were, and this was before cell phones. We were constantly <laughs> calling each other back and forth. And, uh, I was working at a, a FM station and uh, at night she would come up, sit in the control room with me and we'd, you know, just kind of visit and just, just hang out. Um, and so, um, uh, we, we just, it was a very short courtship. Uh, she was finishing up high school and I had just started in my career. I was, uh, 18 years old at the time. Uh, but, uh, we met on December 9th, excuse me, December 16th of, uh, 1973 wow. and, uh, married on March 16th of 1974, wow. uh, three months later. So, uh, now, I'm not good with math. Jeff, but that, yeah. that sounds ni- 1974, 2024, 
sounds like you just uh, the we, big anniversary. Yeah, big anniversary coming up, wow. uh, and hopefully by the time this airs, it, it's certainly we can, you know, it's Thanks etched in gold fifty years. Wow. All right. All right. <laughs> and uh, we still get along with one another pretty good. Yeah. You know, we like each other. Yeah. No, it, it was uh, because of her faith and growing up as Catholic uh, that um, she was patient uh, with me because I I was the man of the house and I was, you're going to be a Baptist no matter what. So that that's kind of how it started out. But uh, 17 years she prayed, she believed, she stood by my side. And uh, I finally was so miserable I couldn't figure out where I wanted to be in a relationship with God, and that led me to the Catholic Church. Wow. So Jeff Blackwell marrying Diane, you were Baptist. She was Catholic. Uh-huh. Um, you were married in the Catholic Church here in, in Baton Rouge at Alphonsus Liguori, St. Alphonsus. Yes. Um, and yeah, so I, my wife is non-denominational, and um, and I, I like to say more a better Christian than I am as, mm. as, a, as a Catholic. But she's she's just an extraordinary woman. Um, what's that? What was that like being in? And I know everybody's different, but what was it like being in? I guess a mixed mixed religion marriage. Well, first of all, because of the way I, I was raised, uh, Baptist. My mom. Now, this is a very fundamental. Uh, you know, Bible only type uh, belief system of the uh, missionary Baptist church. Right. So um, basically, you know, my mom and dad, uh, they started um, uh, four churches across the United States because my, my parents, uh, actually my dad uh, was in a uh, union. Uh, they call it the insulators union, but it's a uh, industrial insulation, mm-hmm. you know, like the big tanks you see out mm-hmm. in the in a, in a industrial setting, um, insulating those and all the pipes to and from and all that stuff so he would go to where the work was and from the time I was three months old until uh, about the fourth grade uh, we we lived from California to Maine Florida Indiana um, uh, Arizona uh, was the last state we lived in so we were all over the country and uh, uh, my, my parents were were terrific but, you know, we had a pretty strict upbringing uh, when it came to our religion. Uh, so I had heard so many things about Catholics growing up that uh, I just assumed it was all true. You know, they're a bunch of statue worshipers and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, they've got this uh, pope that tells them everything to do. And he's and, perfect. Uh, oh, yeah, absolutely, you know. Uh, so um, uh, it was, and, and I, I, I shopped, if you will, mm-hmm. Uh, church to church, religion to religion, from Assembly of God to Pentecostal to interdenominational, uh, non-denominational, uh, Lutheran, Episcopal. I was going to different churches searching. Church of the Nazarene. Uh, what was the last time you went there, Matt? Yeah, right. So uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I finally threw up my hands one day, and I, I, I just said, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to church anymore. This is ridiculous. And uh, I, I, I'll never forget it was over about a five-year period i did not attend church period and then one day the way the sun was coming through the the window in the front door uh it was shining on my children playing there on the living room floor at my feet and 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 it was like clear as a bell you are responsible for their souls and it's like i gotta get serious uh so um a friend of mine that i worked with in tv uh, uh television production um 
was Catholic and said, look, yeah, yeah, you know, you go to Catholic church. How can I find out more about uh, the faith? And he, uh, he said, well, I don't know, but I'll find out. He called me back like three minutes later. He says, it just so happens they have a class starting next week Ooh. for RCIA. If you want to attend, I'll go with you. Oh, wow. And so um, nice. uh, for, for that six-month period, uh, and Diane, being a cradle Catholic, came, and she still learned uh, so much about oh, yeah. her faith that she didn't know. Right. And it was very uh, rich experience for all three of us. Yeah, I, I'd say it's almost only through my wife's questions, her earnest questions of why do you do that? Mm-hmm. Why, why this? Why that? In our, faith, in our Catholic faith, that I am like, well, uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Because I was told, I was told that way. I don't know. Right, just the, right. <laughs> so I would go and research it, and you know we have the internet now, so it's pretty easy. Um, yeah. And then find out the answers to these things, and then learn things myself. So I learn more about my Catholic faith through my non-Catholic wife than I, I did previously. You yeah. know, what what was it like initially sitting in those catechism classes uh, in RCIA? What you, you did at Our Lady of Mercy, correct? Uh, right. Uh, yeah. when, uh, and in, in fact, uh, it was in the fall of 1989. Uh, I guarantee you that my grandfather may, very well may have been involved in that. Um, he was a deacon at Our Lady of Mercy, Deacon Eugene Allen. And uh, I, I would imagine that he would have been involved in that in some way, shape, or form. I, you know, I don't remember because um, it, 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 there was a lot of things happening, and it was still new to me then. I, I do remember his name, but I can't re- put a face. I would, to it. There's probably a lot that was new to you. So, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what, I can only imagine, you know, because you had been to mass, so you may not know what these things mean, and right, just but, a few but times. But learning about the faith as as a you know a Baptist, what? Yeah. Well, through those uh, eyes. For, first of all, and, and initially I thought, I've been lied to <laughs> when I would find out, you know, uh, why Catholics believe. In fact, it was it was Father Cleo Milano. Yeah. Um, uh, he was the associate pastor yeah, at yeah. the time. Yeah. He said, look, we're doing this because you are curious. You're investigating what the Catholic Church is about. That's why you are here. And you're supposed to, I mean, you know, and we're not, we're not going to judge you or anything like that. If you, if you have questions, ask them. And if they're, if nothing else, you're going to learn more about the faith and why we believe what we believe and the same thing of why we do certain things a certain way. And if you decide not to become Catholic, fine, at least you know more about our, our faith. So with that uh, premise, I thought, well, I can't go wrong. I can get up and leave anytime. Well, I, I can't want. object to that argument. So, but <laughs> I mean, my, my jaw was on the floor so many times. It was like, you know, uh, now Catholics would do this because, and I'm, I'm like, no way. Um, a good example is I always thought, you know, Catholics worshipped statues. That's why they had so many of Wait, them. Wait, we don't. No. Oh, damn. No. Darn. No. <laughs> we need to have a little talk yeah. after the podcast here. <laughs> We're going to go to commercial break. <laughs> it was a funny joke I like uh, is there's a picture of the the um, Virgin Mary, and you've got the three children at Fatima, mm-hmm. and they're praying um, statues. They're praying. In fact, at Our Lady of Mercy, next to the pond in the back, there's, oh, true. That, That's there's right. that exact image. They've got Mary, and then they've got the three children yes. at Fatima, and they're you know on their knees and, and have their uh, hands in the praying position. And the caption under the picture is, see, I told you Catholics worship Mary. They even have statues of 
children worshiping statues of Mary. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's, you know, we well, got to laugh at ourselves sometimes. Uh, uh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. But uh, it's, uh, it's just the amount of reverence mm-hmm. and the reason for that reverence, why we, uh, you know, acknowledge uh, these, I don't want to say characters, these are real human beings that actually walked with Christ or saw him face to face and uh, are, were carrying on his message that he says, take it forward. And that was what the, really the, the, the thing that caused me to get so curious about, you know, where, when Jesus, and I believed as a Baptist that, you know, he ascended into heaven and uh, went to be with God in eternity, set at his right hand. And uh, so what happened after he right. left planet earth? Yeah. How did Christianity come into being as we know it today? You know, my wife and I had an interesting conversation about that kind of last week. Um, and she's just, it's kind of sounds like the way you're explaining things back then, just curious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, and sure. I, would, I would call that a gift, a grace from God as well. Think of all the people that we know that, uh, whether it be religion or whatever else the case is, that are just so, dare I say, stubborn in their mm. own beliefs. Uh, God knows I am at points with different things as well. But when it comes to the central, most important thing that we could possibly be uh, objective about, curious about our faith, the one thing that determines your salvation. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's got that, God bless her. And and it's like, well, why, you know, why, why do you believe this? And, and we were talking about uh, the early church, and she was, you know, asking a question about. Well, I don't remember what it was about exactly, but uh, we got to the to, to the point of, well, what did the early church look like? And and yeah. so, and I was like, well, what time period are you talking about, sweetheart? And she was like, uh, I don't know, around the year four hundred, maybe. Hmm. <laughs> and I was like. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking about the, the time of about Augustine. Okay. Yes. St. Augustine of Hippo. Yeah. And, and uh, that, that's another conversation for her and I for another day. But in classic Catholic form, uh, apologetical form, I'm like, I'll get back to you. I don't know the answer to that exactly, but I'll get back to you. Good answer. And, and so, but, but, but the point is, you know, Augustine, and if you, if you look at the city of God, his two great works, the city of God and confession. Confessions, um, you'll see how well established the Catholic Church was mm. back then. And yeah. it, it's really amazing. I mean, you're talking about uh, just a long time ago, Jeff. Absolutely. And in the, uh, the beauty Not of... far removed from Jesus himself. That is it. You know, uh, there's a, um, uh, a term that's used basically through the eyes of the apostles, what they saw uh, Jesus do in his walk on this earth and then take that and pass it along to generations thereafter. Yeah. I, I, I like the analogy, you know, I'm a former gymnast and athlete and all that kind of stuff. And the, the, the way I like to think about it is, so, um, I, I had this wonderful Russian coach back in the day, uh, Vladimir was his name. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like, 
how how are those techniques that and he was just this brilliant mind in the sport how are those techniques passed down you know from mm. his coach and yeah. his coach was a brilliant guy and passed that down to him and he won the uh, the olympic gold medal back in 1988 okay my, my. and so uh, that's why i wanted to study from him sure. because he had this knowledge that was passed on from him and i don't know where his coach got it from uh but you know there was this lineage and and it's no different in in our faith it's like Okay, I, I can't learn from Jesus himself yes. because he's he's you know risen and in heaven now. Um, so he, I can't directly. So what's the next best thing, so to speak, you know, to learn from what he left us and those followers right. that that he directly left us. And that, that's why I found that uh, the church tradition, mm-hmm. not only the history but the tradition, and why Catholics still do you know, 2000 years later. Yeah. And that's a dirty word sometimes yeah. these, these days, you know, yeah. tradition. Oh, yeah. that's no, we can't have tradition. Tradition's bad. You know, you gotta, you gotta develop it for yourself. Right. You gotta come. And yeah, a lot of that is true. You gotta develop things and understanding of yourself. Um, but golly, we've got so much rich tradition. We do. And I am, uh, one of the things that I had a friend of mine who was Baptist, uh, uh, told me that, uh, you know, really, the Baptist was the first religion hmm. because John the Baptist right. baptized Jesus. Right. Uh, so the Baptists were first. Okay. So I've never heard I, that I, one. I, I, well, you know what? I thought that was uh, that was pretty interesting. Okay. Yeah, but uh, did Jesus really need to be baptized? Do you think? But um, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> so right. uh, but uh, yeah, there and, and the the opinion versus tradition yeah. is what I have to keep. That's that's why I was searching all those years mm-hmm. because I'd heard so many things, and I at first I thought I had been lied to, but then I realized it was through ignorance. It was people yeah. just did not know. Well, or, you know, when you're non-Catholic and you have been taught something by someone else who was taught something by someone else who was taught something. And in my wife's case, um, the most, again, her family, the most well-meaning, beautiful Christian family, um, that was also formed and taught by beautiful, loving, well-meaning families. So, you know, I think sometimes as Catholics, we look at other non-Catholics and we say, there, there, maybe we we have our own biases, and we tend to think that um, right. there's some kind of there's too much Martin Luther in that person. <laughs> you know, they know the <laughs> well, truth, but they don't want the truth, and oh, wow. you know, and it's like, no, that's not that's not the case at all. Yeah. Uh, in my wife's case, uh, she was born and raised by people who even even to this day are are just I, I just can't say enough beautiful things about them but so it's not through any fault of their own is what I'm saying that they don't believe what we believe yeah. right right and uh, uh, one of the um, uh, one of the people that I had in my life along the way uh, would would teach me uh, to, to you know to uh, not really like to get a second opinion uh, but uh, to, to search in other words uh, kind of search it out and this was in the day, really, before we had access to the internet freely and you could Google stuff, but um, the the one 
the one thing that I really struggled with uh, had to do with uh, like uh, confession, uh, uh, confessing my sins to a priest uh, who is in the, the person of Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, the, uh, the, the Blessed Virgin Mother Mary. Uh, in fact, I um, uh, had a friend of mine who says, well, you know, Vir- the Virgin Mary wasn't always a virgin. And I'm like, what do you mean? Well, it, the Bible says that, uh, you know, Jesus right. had other brothers right. and sisters. And right. it's like, well, well, well wait, uh, you know, the terminology right. back in that day is different from how we use it today. They weren't literal brothers and sisters because uh, uh, I think a, uh, uh, an apologetics guy told me one time it was around 80. So uh, Mary would have been in perpetual labor uh, <laughs> if that were the case. Yeah. I said, so does that make her any less of a virgin yeah. when she brought Jesus to us? Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and so how this all, our, our beautiful faith, again, this is this is Protestant Jeff we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now we've got Catholic Jeff. But so it, it's that element of the faith, I guess, that when you were going through this time to circle back around to your mm-hmm. hospital stay, um, and then your rehab stay, oh, right? My. Quote, yeah. quote, uh, how'd, well, how'd you call it? The facility was called a... Uh, well, air quotes, yeah. a rehab hospital. That is, rehab uh, hospital. It, it was far from that. More more like a, you're just waiting to Leave them alone facility. and let them die. Yeah, uh, correct. Uh, literally. I, and uh, and I, I, I knew other people that, uh, I mean, not personally, but other people had died younger than me uh, while at that stay. But uh, no, um, um, what really wound up happening as after I, I came out of unconsciousness, and that was a period a little over around 30 days, um, uh, I'll never forget. And again, I had a tracheostomy, so I, I, I couldn't talk. I couldn't, uh, I could mouth the words or whisper, but I really couldn't, there, there was no voice there. And my wife had told me that at the time they were shoving tubes down my throat they just, she knew for a fact that they had damaged my vocal cords, but praise mm-hmm. God that didn't happen. Um, uh, but um, uh, she, uh, uh, after uh, I got out of ICU, they got me cleaned up and they were telling me, you're going to go get in a wheelchair and you're going to be up and around and start moving. Because being in the bed that long, I don't know if you know this, but. Uh, it's I, not good on the body. Uh, it isn't. It isn't. I, I, uh, I mean, I, I couldn't set up on my own. I, I could not raise myself up in the bed and, and hang my feet off the side of the bed. I, I couldn't even do that. So, um, she, uh, they were getting me cleaned up and knew that I was about to be transferred. She came around the bed and, uh, uh, looked at me and I mouthed the words, I love you. And uh, she said, you know who I am? I said, yes. Uh, you know, and, uh, um, uh, so I really had come to got cleaned up and they were ready to ship me off to this, uh, rehab hospital. Uh, and then, uh, long story short, uh, when I was there, it was only for two weeks and my wife, praise God, documented all this stuff. And, uh, we had even thought about suing this place just to shut them down. It wasn't about money or anything like that, but, uh, uh, it wasn't meant to be for whatever reason. So they are still in business to this day. However, um, I uh, went uh, went over to that uh, rehab hospital, went downhill very quickly in two weeks, uh, and in fact, at one point, they had me restrained with cuffs uh, on on the bed rails. But I, I couldn't even lift my hand. I could not hold a phone. Uh, I couldn't text. 
as much as I, I wanted to. Uh, and then I was, my, my health overall had diminished to, to the point where uh, they had to send me back to the hospital. Yeah, you were just showing me pictures of, of that before this interview. And to me, you looked then about 20, 30 years older than you do now. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, it, you look, you look like an old man and you're not an old man, Jeff. <laughs> so I don't know if you went back in time and you got younger since no. then, or I don't know what happened, but in fact, uh, you know, I mean, uh, it, it was horrible uh, conditions. We well, got to understand too. I hadn't, uh, consumed any food, uh, for it was, uh, well over, well, 40 days, I think about, uh, closer to 60 days, um, now, of course, I had an IV. They wound up putting yeah. a, a, a feeding tube in me later on. And uh, so I, I was able to, to stay alive and, you know, kind of get my strength back. But uh, it was a long time before I could even uh, take a sip of water. Where did your mind go in, in those moments when, you know, you, you can't really talk? Uh, yeah. You're alone. Um, it's COVID. And so the small interactions that you do have with people back in those early days, people mm-hmm. are oftentimes completely covered face gown sure um what how did you maintain your sanity uh, it was um it was really through god's grace and mercy um uh, at the time that i was uh, apparently uh, I, I really believe that um they thought i was going to die so there was some things that i, I believe were missed in uh, my day-to-day care and uh, as a result my eyes became my corneas became ulcerated and um, if you kind of think of a raisin a grape turning to a raisin and not to that extreme of course but um, but my corneas uh, were damaged so bad my eyesight had uh, was reduced to 2800 which was illegally blind. I could see colors and, and shapes roughly. Uh, if a person came in to talk to me, it was like a, a beige oval or a brown oval. Um, so no real details. Yeah, again, you're not in a coma. No. You're, at this point, you're conscious. You know yes. what's going on. Yes. You've got your mind about you, but your body is freaking failing you. Right, and I'm confused because I, I didn't know exactly how long the, mm-hmm. the course of time was that I'd been in there. Uh, I just knew that we had lost a lot of time. And look, I'm, I'm an hourly employee. Uh, we had a little savings account, which uh, we went through in about the first six weeks, or my wife did because, you know, taking care of paying bills and stuff like that. Um, but um, uh, uh, I, I, what wound up happening is I never, I never when I came to, had that, that poor old pitiful me feeling of like, why me, Lord? That never entered the picture. I'm like, this is for a reason. God, this is for a reason. I trust you. So it was all about God's will uh, and, and trusting the fact that he had us. And that's one of the very first words my wife said to me when I mouthed the words, I love you. She said, you remember me? I said, you know, I'm mouthing yes. And she said, Jeff, God's got us. And she grabbed both my hands and just hanging on. It's like, God's got us. And I was like, I know, I know. And, 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 and I, at that point, that instant, I realized there were literally thousands of people that had been praying for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I, you know, the, the thoughts of, okay, the, the what happens if never entered the picture because the trust was in God. I didn't know how much money we had in the bank. And it wasn't until 
uh, really a couple of months later when I got out of the hospital that I found out a friend had did a GoFundMe to help us with day-to-day expenses. And uh, I was out of work for eight months, no yeah. income for eight months. Mm-hmm. That uh, and, it, and it was $24,000 that got us through that eight-month period. And then our, our church did a fundraiser. Uh, and raised four thousand uh, dollars for us. So it was through those gifts and the the prayers uh, that uh, God. It, it, there was no worry. There was no anxiety. It was like God's got it. I just knew it. It reminds me a bit of um, Viktor Frankl's uh, book, Man's Search for Meaning. Um, he was this Jewish World, World War II. Uh, he was interned in, an, I believe, Auschwitz, and uh, he describes the the terrible conditions that he was a part of in the, in that concentration camp. Mm -hmm. And, um, the central theme of the book is the people that survived that experience had a will, had a reason, um, to live. They, they thought about it, whether it be their faith or somebody or something to get back to. So that's how they made it through those, those awful times. And the people that didn't, were the people that you know succumbed quickly or mm. uh, to dysentery and died and or whatever you know was plaguing them? Yeah, it was the people that had a reason to live. Wow! And I would argue that in your case, um, and you can speak to that, and and with our with our faith, that's our reason. Like you said, you, you knew that God yeah. had you. Okay. Um, whatever had been the case, it was, it was his will. And so in, in the Catholic church, we like to talk about cooperation of grace, you know, God yeah. puts it out there and then it's our job to either cooperate with it and unite ourselves to his will or do our own thing. Yes. You know, you very well could have been, uh, and I, I can't say that I, I wouldn't have been this way, but you know, well, this sucks. Uh, mm-hmm. poor me and adopt the, the victim mentality, or you know the the you know the the other side of that would be to blame God for stuff, yeah. and then what kind of boat would that have put you in? Oh, and speaking, your family rather. Yeah, speaking of boat, because after I got out of the rehab hospital and and went back to the hospital, uh, because there were a lot of things that 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 happened uh, my uh, health wise that had to be healed and fixed first before I could even begin doing physical therapy. Um, I'll, uh, I, and man, I just rejoice in the fact I had two nurses that came to my room and realized that I had not even been out of bed, uh, at that point for about six weeks. And, uh, they said, would you like to sit up? And I'm thinking, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I guess so. I, I hadn't done that in six weeks. Yeah. So they set me up and put my legs hanging off the side of the bed and I'm like, wow, uh, there's hope. There's hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never, I, I never got d- d- dismayed. I knew that, um, uh, you know, uh, in, in my soul that God has a purpose for what I'm going through right now, but he also has my back. Because so, so many times I uh, was given, uh, and, and in fact, when I was uh, on life support, uh, my, they approached my, my wife and said, look, we've got to do this procedure. I need you to sign off on the papers. Uh, but chances are he won't make it, but we've got to at least try this. <laughs> and this, it was just one after the other. So when I uh, actually came, came to, and I had a, a tech show me by 
covering the hole that was in my throat that the air would pass across my vocal cords and I could speak aloud. That was uh, because I, I hadn't heard my voice in, in six weeks. Um, By the way, the voice, the, it's the moneymaker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how I make my living. Please don't take that away, uh, Lord. Right. Well, that, that's about the best way to put it, making a living. It's not, uh, it definitely isn't the cash cow. But, uh, but, uh, <laughs> but no, man, I'm, I'm so blessed. Uh, and and uh, I've thought about other ways that I could have used my talent. But I, I, it, it's like God kept leading me back into either Christian radio uh, or some type of uh, uh, broadcasting or work with with churches and, and volunteering. Uh, anyway, about the boat, um, uh, it was after I'd finally been stabilized and had been transferred over to the physical therapy unit. Um, uh, it was it was lonely. Uh, the, my wife was only allowed eight hours a day to visit me, zero visitors otherwise. Mm-hmm. And what few people I had was usually somebody coming in to uh, check my vitals or or, you know, uh, you know, to bring me, uh, in fact, I wasn't even eating at that point, but, and I couldn't see that was the other thing. So I really couldn't find anything on TV. I, I, I searched for the mass. So it was just me and Jesus because I couldn't read. And, uh, I got to thinking about, um, Peter in the boat and the stormy sea and Jesus standing on the water saying, uh, come on out here, come to me really, but you know, keep looking at me. And so when these obstacles would come up, and uh, I felt like I'm stepping out of the boat. And the doctors would say, well, this, uh, we've got to do this, but it probably won't work. And I'm like, I'm looking at you, Jesus. That's all there is to it. So my faith grew uh, just incredibly during that, um, that, that, that amount of time because there were no worries about uh, money or hospital expenses. And when I heard the doctor say, he ain't leaving here until he is able to get up on his own and get home, um, I just knew I had the confidence of my staff, medical staff that was treating me and getting me back to a so-called normal life. Would you consider that faith that you have a gift or is it something that you've worked on? Um, because that's pretty extraordinary. I, again, if I had gone through similar circumstances, I, at this point, I don't even know if I would have responded with such mm. tact, Christian tact. <laughs> is that, again, is that something that you, you've you always, it's just come naturally to you? Or no. have you had to work at it? No, I, I and uh, I have had anxiety and uh, been a typical worrier. But um, uh, in in just a couple of years before that, I'd started, uh, uh, when I was on the air, I uh, had this phrase that I would use all the time, just trust, just trust, you know, keep your trust in God, don't give up and uh, seek his will because he has and that comes about from, you know, losing, uh, Diane and I lost our, our second born daughter, uh, to a, a very rare brain disease at, at, she was 33 years old, never married, didn't have any children. Uh, and, and the only one that followed in dad's footsteps, you know, she worked in broadcasting and just a, uh, a wonderful Catholic soul. She was such a, a, a talented soul. But after that, I never asked God why I knew that. Her departure was for a reason that was unexplained, but I trusted God 
to to say, Father, your will be done. That was the the and and I just never really dwelt on that. So it was something that was ingrained, and I believe it has a lot to do with my 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 Catholic faith, learning, finding answers uh, to to questions. And uh, another thing too is is, is a part of being Catholic is. Um, uh, not judging people now, and that that's difficult to do when yes, it is. you know humans are interacting. Yes, it but, is. But but not to judge. Judge the soul is one thing, but don't judge uh, necessarily their actions or behavior because they have a soul. That's the most mm-hmm. important thing. Yeah, my father-in-law uh, is is really good at that. Um, I I look at him sometimes when we talk and I, I think to myself, I don't know how you have that kind of faith. I don't know how you have, I don't know where that comes from mm-hmm. because he can look at a situation that's just utterly miserable yeah. and give it up to the glory of God. Yeah. Um, wow. That's great. Yeah. And I, I struggle with that. I'm, I struggle to be the person that looks at a situation. Eventually, I think I, I come around to, okay, God, this is your will. But it takes a long time yeah. for me to get to that, to that point. I'm thankful that I, I do, but there's a lot of struggle and back and forth of yeah. why, why, why before I get. My father-in-law can look at a situation and it sucks, and he'll just, you know, for the greater glory of God. <laughs> wow. Wow. And that's, I, I, in, in one respect, that's kind of where uh, I had become or, or gotten to in, in my faith um, uh, a lot of times. You know, and you've heard people use the, the, the term, oh, it always works out. Yeah. And yeah. Um, frankly, if you trust God, uh, and, and as humans, we're wired to try to figure it out, you know, and, and, and if I do right. this, this will happen or whatever. Sometimes you just got to turn it loose, man, and let God do his work. And yeah. uh, just uh, just kind of, it's a little more relaxing. You get to sit back and watch him, you know, do what he does best. Yeah, as men, we like to be in control. I like to <laughs> yeah. be in control. Uh, does that work out well in my marriage? No. no. Uh, no. Does that work out well in our in our faith? I I would have to say no. Um, you take ownership. Yeah. But you don't have to be in control, and there's there's right. uh, there's a difference between the two and. One thing that I have learned from my non-Catholic uh, side of the family with, with my wife Julie's family and her herself is to take ownership of, of your faith. Um, mm. You're not in control, so stop it. Um, but what does your right. ownership look like and what kind of witness does that present to everyone else? Okay. Yeah. And so my mother-in-law... Um, her, her witness is, is her, is her work ethic and will do anything for you, um, at the drop of a hat yeah. and not ask for anything in return uh, to, to her own detriment. Okay. Uh, uh yeah. she's, she's just that kind of soul and it, and yeah. that in, inex- she gets that strength and that energy and that drive directly from her faith. And, um, I, and that's, I think to myself, what, <laughs> Boy, I would have written that person off a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. here you are, and and it's so it's. It, I look at that and I say with through my Catholic lens, and I'm like, how do I steal some of that? <laughs> oh my! You know, how do I steal some of what that what that person has and their expression of Christianity, right. and adopt that for my own, and then be able to present that um, to to someone else? Yeah, and I've I've found that most people, if uh, whatever the circumstance is, doesn't affect them. 
Uh, and it's not that they're being mean or anything, but they really don't care. Yeah. And I tried to uh, tell people about uh, my, my experience of being in, in the hospital and then the abuse that I faced at that uh, little rehab hospital for a couple of weeks. And they're going like, oh, yeah, well, so what are we having for breakfast? Yeah. You know? And, yeah. and, 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 and uh, they really don't care. They, want, they don't yeah. want to be bothered and well, bogged down. Okay, with so that but, ties back into what we were just talking about, okay. I think, and, and the crucifix, looking at the cross. We don't like to be uncomfortable, mm. Jeff. When you start right. talking about your struggles that that make that has the potential to make people uncomfortable yeah. and so does our faith hmm. but what my question is what can we learn from that when we sit down and we listen to a jeff blackwell talk about his struggles then how he overcame them and now the person that he is today how is that how is that parallel to what what Jesus did on the cross and looking at a crucifix and right. seeing his body hanging there. Right. Uh, it's like, I don't, I don't want to think about that. I just want to be happy. I want to numb myself. I want to anesthetize myself. So I don't, mm. so I can just leave, live in my own little bubble. And I think that's one of the hallmarks of Christianity is to get us out of our little bubbles. Right. And Jesus says, no, pick up your cross and follow me. Right. And, right. and how does that, how, the beautiful story about Simon of Cyrene, when he is asked to pick up Jesus's cross right. and it did, yeah. did the God of the universe need help carrying his cross? Does, do do any of us actually think that he needed help? Bingo. Yeah. So, okay, the obvious answer is no. So then what was the point of including that of all things in the Bible? What was mm. the point of that story? The point of the story is, ding, 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 our cooperation with the Lord's plan. Yeah. And then the effect that that can have on other people, because why? Tradition tells us that his two sons, Simon of Cyrene's two sons, then became bishops of the early Catholic Church. Wow. So don't you know that a man who, and you know, this is articulated pretty well uh, in The Passion of the Christ, uh, the movie, uh, when he picks up his cross and and then don't you know that when he went home that night <laughs> and he went and told his family his wife his sons of what he just experienced we know that they became bishops so it's like what did that what did that conversation no look kidding. like you know <laughs> because was that a fun experience did simon of cyrene oh, go my. all up to calvary and and jesus put his hand on him and said be healed of your infirmities and and go off and you know go to disney Island or something no it was a miserable experience <laughs> right right but through that misery he witnessed uh yeah, the, the, who knows what to f then go inform his family yes and then who knows what happened after that and it and it's just like so what Jeff goes through in his struggles, he can now talk about on right. Catholic community radio and, and the people that you meet, um, and be this tremendous, this, just this tremendous light. Well, uh, and it's uh, just being a testimony and, uh, my, um, my slogan of just trust, uh, it really has changed, you know, is step out of that boat not just trust, but you must Because trust. we hear so many, again, I told you earlier that with the pious religious platitudes is, is kind of my, one yeah. of my soapboxes of, I, I can't stand it when people are like, ah, I just trust you. You know, all you got to do is just right. love the Lord and you'll be fine and peace, love, and you know, whatever on your bumper sticker, mm -hmm. you know, yes. But what does that look like? 
and yours is this is what this looks like mm. <laughs> in the real world anyway yeah. this is what it looks like when life hits you so hard and it knocks you unconscious for for however long you are out and then your family thinks that you're you, you know the doctors are saying oh best case scenario is just yeah. going to be a vegetable and okay mm. now we got over that well you know he might live but you know we he's probably not even going to be able to talk again right and it's like what right. <laughs> wait a minute don't you know he was in radio that's how it's like an artist you know and you you cut sure. their hands off sure and it's sure. like oh what, are you going to paint with your feet now mm. you know I, I, Anyway, so your witness um, is just, it's a beautiful one. Um, and that's why when I initially heard this a couple of years ago, I said to myself, this has to be shared with other people wow. because the other people that listen to this that are struggling can have some morsel of hope mm -hmm. or they can't be those Victor Frankels that go through awful things. Um, what, what, whatever variety, whether you're in Auschwitz or you're stuck in traffic on yeah. I-10 in Baton Rouge, you know, whatever your, your little suffering is there, you can cooperate that, unite that with the suffering that, that Christ, and you could be another Simon of Cyrene. You can, mm. uh, you can, you can, you, doesn't need it. The Lord doesn't need our suffering. He right. doesn't, he doesn't want us to suffer. But when that does come to pass, when it inevitably, inevitably happens, yes. we, have, we, have a, we have a blueprint. We have a go-to. Mm, wow. And I got I to gotta tell you, as you're speaking about that, I, uh, uh, creds to my lovely wife yeah. of um, 50 years. Boom! Uh, <laughs> 50 years! I said it, honey. Uh, <laughs> a friend of mine, Ed Ball, always uh, yeah. would say, 50 years, man, it probably feels like 14, huh? <laughs> Underwater. <laughs> no. Well, no. my wife and I were approaching five. So oh, wow, in man. 45 years, Jeff, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, you'll be in a, you'll have a walker with the tennis balls on the, oh, on yeah. the end of it, but I'll be like, <laughs> we made it. There you go. Yeah. Well, the last thing but, I kind of wanted to touch on, yeah. um, was you were, you were just talking about these, these visions, uh, that you had. And look, oh. I know a lot of people are probably going to, skeptics are going to listen to that. Oh, he was on so many drugs and <laughs> you know, who knows what he was thinking about. Okay. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, the, what you, your experience, um, of, of what, yeah, go ahead and we'll, we'll talk about it on the other side. Okay. Well, uh, uh briefly, um, my, um, uh, as far as the drugs, the only time that my, <laughs> my wife, and I'm talking about psychotropic yeah, right, drugs, right, right. but, um, was at the rehab hospital. Um, she, and she didn't even know why they were giving me drugs. I was actually, you know, getting ready to the point to get up and start getting back into, you know, of, of walking and sitting up and getting around. Um, but, um, one, once I got back to the hospital two weeks later, she saw me having withdrawal symptoms, but this was something that, uh, that I, I really believe that occurred when I was, um, uh, you know, on life support. And, um, it, uh, and, and I got to say this too, as, as a Protestant coming up, I didn't believe in really, you know, yeah, Mary was around, but you know, why worship her? Why, you know, she, yeah, she brought Jesus into the world, but, or, um, I, I don't really think I need to go to confess my sins to another man or, you know, purgatory is just something the Catholics made up. Uh, but it, it just so happens. And, and I had, I did have the weird dreams, you know, but, but this was so totally different. Uh, and both of them had to do with purgatory. Um, and I won't go into any great detail, but, um, uh, 
the the thing about it it was it was never fear um going through uh, this total darkness but it was like being on a journey and uh, couldn't see uh, any kind of a path i couldn't even tell if there was ground before me uh, if they called that ground um, but uh, i was walking on some surface so i didn't know if there was a, a ditch or a canyon or an ocean in front of me I, it was just um it was just a little bit difficult to explain from that standpoint of our typical human feelings. I remember the ambient temperature was nice. Uh, it wasn't echoey. I really I didn't do any talking in this vision, but I'm walking constantly, just walking in search of. And uh, in, in one of them, I, uh, I don't know if you want me to go into both of them, Matt. But, sure, uh, yeah, whatever. Uh, briefly, I'll talk about one that had to do with, um, you know, what we would feel in purgatory. And I've never really thought about that. I didn't know if it was going to be, uh, as a jeweler talks about purifying gold, if there is heat involved, you know, uh, or is there some sort of purgation that takes place uh, to make your soul presentable to, uh, to God Almighty. So uh, one of them, I was uh, like being, uh, let, let's just say on a turnstile, tossed about with, with heavy um, objects, hitting me and just battering me and it wasn't pain that we feel as humans uh not like breaking bones or breaking skin or anything like that uh, but it was just this 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 torment of of of, of going in a circle and uh non-stop battering if you will going on um uh, and um and in this turnstile episode um i wound up i could see a red door but i couldn't get to it and um, uh, the, the turnstile was going fast enough that by the time I crawl over cases, I'm already far away from the door. So um, in essence, uh, what happens is at one point, the turnstile stops right in front of this door and uh, I feel something metallic in my mouth. And then I open my mouth and come to find it's a, it's a key. And uh, so I, I took the key and went over to the door and it unlocked. And when the door swung open, it just kind of like fade to white. There was, uh, you know, so, and that was the end of that. Uh, what that result uh, means to other people, I don't know. But that was, to, to me, that, that, that purification process. And then uh, the next um, vision really had to do with the same thing, walking, 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 and just, um, you know, in search of. Uh, and it's just it, never an uneasy feeling, nothing uncomfortable, but knowing that, uh, you know, there's something ahead and I could see it just a pinpoint of light, uh, which over the course of what seemed like just hours of walking, I could see it, but I never could get close enough to tell what it was. But then finally it starts getting larger and larger. And, um, it is again, a single light pointed at what I would call like a portrait, almost like a painting. It wasn't like a photograph of the blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of, uh, of God. Uh, and she's not making eye contact with me. She's looking down and it's as if to, to like point, uh, not, not pointing with a hand, but by nodding in a direction uh, to go, to, 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 to move. And at that point, that's when I get this fade to white again uh, and, and felt I don't know, just totally gratified, satisfied, and safe. So I do believe through that experience that, uh, you know, uh, people talk about, you know, hell, heaven, purgatory, 
Purgatory to me is if you're there, you're heaven bound. Uh, it may be a matter of time. Uh, it may be some purification that has to go on for your soul to be presented before God in heaven. But, you know, it's nothing to fear. Yeah, the, the church suffering, I think, is what we call it um, in purgatory. And like I had mentioned um, in, our, in our pre-talk about how a common theme with exorcisms and um, is when oftentimes when the uh, possessed is liberated immediately um, prior to the liberation, they see, uh, they report visions of the Blessed Virgin mm, Mary yeah. uh, before they see the Lord. And I think as, as Catholics, it is our duty <laughs> because it's Protestants looking in, and my wife tells me this, you know, they don't understand the 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 Mary the Mariology so to speak right um, right and I think it's our duty to inform them and to inform other potentially misled Catholics uh, who just don't know any better is that it's always her job to lead us to her son yeah um, is she necessary uh, you know it, it's it, it's not that's not the question the right. the, the question is. Well, the answer, it's, it's, you're looking at, the answer is Jesus. Yeah. And her job is to point us to him. It's, yeah. it's, it's, she's, she's kind of like a, like a, you know, my son has these matchbox cars, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Hot Wheels cars, and, and, you know, to make it go around the ramp and do a loop, it's got this accelerator in it <laughs> and oh, it's battery okay. powered and you hit it through there and it spins it up around the loop and it comes back and hits it again. And that's how it keeps doing a loop. Wow. And it's like, I don't know, to me, that's what Mary and the saints are kind of like, you know, it, it could, can you get to, to Jesus without Mary? I, you know, I, I absolutely. But, but is it, is it her place to come to those whom the Lord, Danes like yourself in those moments and and do something special um, and accelerate that process um, when it's needed. Absolutely, because he uses her just like he uses um, every one of us yeah. in, a, in a certain sense, um, because we're his tools, we're his instruments. And she's just ha- she's just you know an extra special tool. <laughs> and, I, and I really believe that 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 vision uh, really solidified things for me because um, in this vision, uh, when I actually realized it was Mother Mary that I was looking at, this is just this um, this overwhelming gushing, as only way I can explain it, of adulation of Mother Mary. I love you. I thank you. I you know I, I praise you. I. I am grateful for you. I, so, uh, and it was for what she did, becoming a human monstrance and carrying Christ to all of humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then watching that, you know, get beaten and, and die oh, yes. and crucified and all that yeah. kind of stuff, which yeah. as a parent, um, you know, we, we can speak of that a little bit differently. Now that I have oh, children, yeah. I can only imagine what it would be like to watch one of my children, never mind knowing that your child is the son of God right. going through that. Um, and Oh, and by the way, you know where Mary is buried? Uh, where's that? Uh, what you see, that's just it. <laughs> Jesus yeah, where, said, tell me where exactly. No, so we can I'm not going to let my, no. <laughs> have, uh, yeah, I'm not going to let yes. my mother die. She comes to heaven yeah. right now. 
Yeah. So, uh, you know, and it's just another one of those beautiful things about our faith. There, There is a reason if you just take the time to learn about the traditions. And there's a great book uh, on um, uh, what Catholics believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's written by Tim Horn. Uh, Trent Horn. Uh, Trent Horn. Yeah. Thank you. So um, uh, that that book will answer a lot of your questions if you're considering becoming Catholic. But I would encourage you to get involved in an RCIA class. It's like a once a week, couple of hours uh, on, on one night and uh, for about six months. And the whole process, uh, it, it just passes by so fast, but you learn so much. Yeah, I think Father Cleo put it well back then uh about you know what it's this is this is your faith this is your faith Mm -hmm. and it sounds to me like diane your wife had it spot on Mm -hmm. um look this is this is your faith this is your salvation you own it um i can't make these decisions for you and that's how i like to approach things with my wife is if you never become catholic um, and yeah. you continue to live the beauty of your faith. Right. I'm not going to think any less of you. Um, it, it's it's not it's not that. Right. Um, would I enjoy you and and want you to experience the the graces that that I experience as a Catholic? Absolutely. I yeah. would. I would, once once you you taste that fruit, you of course want to share it with other people, Absolutely. especially those most closest to you. But again, that's that's a journey for each individual soul, and you know. Like I was telling you, my wife asked me recently, um, as we were we were headed to a dinner, she said that, you know, how come Mary doesn't appear to Protestants and and uh-huh. and all this, you know, why why is it just Catholics and stuff? And you know, I said I think Mary works her her works her graces in those whom the Lord allows her to in her own time. That's it. Um, and how long, Jeff, did it take that to happen in your life? Mm. Did, did it happen right away? When no. you became a card-carrying Catholic yeah. uh, back then, um, did you just flip a light switch and all of a sudden no. the grace has flowed, man? No. And, <laughs> and you know, Mar- you just, you had, a, you had your apparition, you had your vision, you had all this stuff. Yeah. It takes time, and it's on God's time. It's not on any of our time. That's right. for sure. That's um, for sure. I, I would, I would just like you said. I would encourage those to who are interested and seeking, or that are that are truth seekers, to study these things. To because we have so much, so much concreteness uh, <laughs> uh, with the history of our faith, with right. the tradition of our faith. Um, that really gives answers to to a lot of these questions, and of, yeah. and of course, it's not about ultimately what we can prove. It's about our faith, yeah. of course. Um, but nevertheless, there's a lot out there. Oh yeah, there's a lot and of concrete things that you can latch onto and say, oh. Okay, back in the year 400, <laughs> Augustine actually said these things, and we've been believing them before then and since then. And the funny thing about it is there there, there were some scoundrels. Uh, yes. Uh, and, you know, That's another good point that, yeah. that, I, that I really liked how you brought up earlier about you were mentioning a friend of yours who had left the faith, uh, who, who was Catholic, and mm-hmm. then turned into something weird. <laughs> right, right. Right. And, and you know, my I, the best way I, I think I've heard it put was you don't leave Peter because of Judas. Ooh, I you know, like that. Yeah. Um, since the beginning, the beginning, there have been uh, 
terrible people within the church. Yeah. And you can look at the Catholic church that is no different from a Baptist church, a Methodist church, uh, whatever church. Yeah. And you, yeah. you've got your, you've got terrible people in there in ministry, terrible people, yeah. but that should never be the reason to leave in and of itself because God never allows that to overtake the beautiful, the beautiful people that we have um, within our faith, within the clergy, within the the lay individuals. Um, so it's like, no, 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 don't, don't leave because of that. Right. <laughs> no, that's terrible. We condemn it. We need to fix that, but don't, don't leave. Right. Come back. And it's because of the free will that he's given us yeah. that we can, yeah. as human beings, make that decision. Yeah. But uh, the, the, that brings us back to you must trust God. You, uh, uh, you know, no matter what the circumstance, just trust. Yeah, because if you're, gonna, if you're not going to trust God and put your trust there, then you've got to put it somewhere because, you know, the, the vacuum has to be filled in some capacity. Right. So that probably means you're, you're trusting yourself. Hello. And I'm not <laughs> smart enough to make these decisions, yeah. Jeff. Uh, right. If I were in a hospital bed, you know, I, I, I would have – if it was up to me, just me, I'm, I can't tell you the number of times I've been in my bed praying at night – after whatever has happened, um, and just, just you know, give the Lord everything and say, "I please help me." Yeah. Look, I don't, I yeah. don't know how, I don't know when. Hopefully soon. Uh, I don't, I, I don't know the answers. I just know that you have them. I don't. Please do your, please do your work. Right, That's and it. then, I, I mean, you really do at that point have to let go of. Oh, well, if I do this or if this will happen or, or this would just come up, you can't, you can't play that game. You'll drive yourself nuts. Yeah. Just trust, you know, that's got to be Trust and then give me, show me what you want me to do and then I'm going to do it. Yep. Because <laughs> then there's the work part. Amen. Now we got to do our work. That's why I'm Jeff trusting Jeff Blackwell, you, it has been a pleasure to speak with you and I pray that this, this podcast uh, can just bless so many people and further the Lord's message through your own struggles, through your own trials um, at a a very dark time in you and your family's life. And now here you are about to celebrate 50 years in your marriage and the ministry that you have here at Catholic Community Radio and the things that you continue to do here um, just blesses, I know, so many people. um, And we, we thank you. I thank you. Um, for being a beautiful witness to our beautiful Catholic faith, and keep going. It's a privilege. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and with that, come Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> cue the cue the outro music. All right. Is that a word? Outro. Yes. Okay. There we go. <laughs> All right. For eons. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> On the line is a production of The Fisherman a Holy Family Ministry. Visit us at holyfamily.live.